she's like, let's just throw it up. It'll be fun. We can meet some new people. It'll be great. You'll see. And I was very skeptical, but we did. We lifted a, a little bunk that was built into a living room wall on Airbnb. <laughs> and after three months, we were completely paying our mortgage with it. What? Welcome to Live, Let, Thrive, a podcast about the Airbnb life, the share economy, and everything in between. Here are your hosts, Micah and Steve. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome back. To another exciting episode of Live, Let, Thrive. <laughs> We're doing stupid intros now, so whatever. Uh, this is episode 33 of Live, Let, Thrive, the show all about Airbnb, a podcast all about Airbnb, Airbnb life, short-term rentals, long-term rentals, real estate, blah, 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 yada, yada. You know what it is if you're already at episode 33 by now, unless you're just... Like me, when I jump in on podcasts, I just grab whatever the latest one is. Then I go back to the originals, and the originals seem like they suck, you know, like like our first ones. <laughs> but anyways, so yeah, we're um, Live, Let, Thrive, and we're um, back at you. And today we have another special guest by the name of Shelby Pract. Pract. P-R-A-C-H-T. Welcome, hey. Shelby. Shelby. How you doing? Thank you, guys. I'm excited to be here. You should be, Shelby. so tell you a little background story about shelby um we kind of met off the bigger pockets uh forums uh she was talking about some airbnb short-term rentals so hit her up and she was down for the show so started off shelby how how long have you been doing doing airbnb um we've been hosts for a little over two years now Two years? Yep, yep. Um, we started off hosting a shared space in our house and now uh, um, host our own full home plus uh, manage a couple other units for other owners in the area. Okay, so how many, how many units do you have now? Right now we only have three, but we're currently in the process of onboarding two more. That's nice. So you, so your three are all of them yours, or are you subleasing anything, or how's that working? We have one uh, condo that we own personally that is a full time vacation rental. It's about uh, maybe four or five hundred yards from our primary residence. Okay. Um, over the summer, we did try out the sublet. Um, we were able to rent out, uh, right, sign a lease with a, another family in the area and use their, use their condo as an Airbnb and paid them a monthly rent. Um, but for the winter, they decided they wanted to u- use that space for themselves again. But we did start managing two other units for, um, for some other people just through word of mouth, actually. Um, this year, and that's been a really great experience so far. We've actually enjoyed the property management a little bit more than we thought we would. Awesome. Sorry. I was adjusting um, a microphone for Mahogany, who just walked in. She's going to be on the show also, Michael's wife. Mahogany, say hi. I just did. Hi. (laughs) How are you? I just did. (laughs) Hello. Can you hear me well? Yes, I can hear you. Okay. Awesome. I hear a little bit of an echo. You have an echo going cool. on? Yeah, maybe move that to the middle. All right. 
Okay. Off to a great start. Not to the middle. Yeah, oh, so, move this yeah. to the middle. Oh, yeah, I see what you're saying. That. Yeah. That's what we're talking through. Yeah. All right. Excuse my tardiness. <laughs> sorry. All right. We're ready to roll now. Um, so y- how many units total again? I'm sorry. Just three right now. Just three. Okay. But you have big plans, right? We have medium plans, I oh, would say. Okay. And what do those yeah, consist we of? We don't want to get uh, we don't want to get get too big. I I really love the the personal aspect of Airbnb and don't want to don't want to stray too far from that. It's uh, definitely a goal to be able to automate some of the processes, but but I think part of the fun of being an Airbnb host is is the personal interaction. Oh, big time! Yeah, I feel that. So you said you have a condo that you do with Airbnb, right? Yep, that's so correct. So how, how does your HOA work with that? Well, I actually live in a town that is very much centered around tourism and vacation rentals. Um, I, I live at a ski resort in California, and so almost all of the condo complexes here allow nightly rentals and, in fact, cater to nightly rentals. Nice. Um, so out of the, the complex that we own in has, I believe, 120 units, and I think maybe 12 of them are owner-occupied, and the rest are vacation rentals. Oh, nice. So with you being <laughs> yeah. in more of a tourist vacation area, do you have, like, a strong down season? Can you repeat that? Since you said you're in more of a tourist vacation area, is there like a big down Mm -hmm. season? You know, um, there there isn't really here. Um, We're very lucky in our location. I know a lot of ski resorts are super busy through the winter and then dead during the summer. And um, we are super busy with skiers during the winter. And then in the summer... We're 45 minutes from Yosemite National Park. I was going to so ask we that. We get gonna... a ton, a ton of guests coming through that just will stay for the night on their way into the national park the next day. That's awesome. Um, so we have a little bit of a lull in in the spring and the fall, what we call the shoulder season here. So it'll it'll slow down, you know, a little bit in like April and a little bit in like October. Um, but we don't really have a, a slow season, which is great it's nice to have nice steady income we actually being a ski area we actually had higher revenue in july this year than we did in january that's cool so what do you do to counter your slow season do you like do put long-term renters in there or no um even even during those little bit of a lulls in our shoulder season we're still um maintaining at least 75, maybe 80% occupancy. Jeez. Wow. I call that high season <laughs> over here. <laughs> yeah. 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 I mean, uh, we, Ju- July and January are always our two biggest months, maybe August. Um, and, and we've hit a hundred percent occupancy for, for both of those months last year. Nice. Uh, so one of my questions is, um, you know, since you said that a lot of people around there do vacation rentals as well, how do you make yours more marketable than the others since it's kind of like everyone's doing it? Yeah, so um, my town is kind of go undergoing this big 
revolution and um, opening up to the world of Airbnb, um, there, although the majority of our housing stock and the real estate in our town is vacation rentals, mm-hmm. a lot of them are listed on kind of antiquated boutique rental property management companies um, that are based locally. So, you know, we have... Mammoth Mountain Reservations and, uh, you know, Mountain Reservation Company and this mm-hmm. kind of stuff that, you know, they only list properties on their own website and rely on um, people coming back year after year to stay in the same units. Mm-hmm. But they also, you know, are, are not reaching a larger audience and they're charging upwards of 40, 45, even 50% in property management fees. Oh, wow. So I think there's a lot of, a lot of people in town that, um, that, you know, use, use their, their condos here as a second home for themselves. They come up on vacation Mm -hmm. and then, you know, we'll have four or five bookings a month through their property management company to help pay the bills and that's it. Um, but we're just kind of getting to the point where there are more, more and more Airbnbs popping up in town. So they're seeing the it'll light. be interesting to see <laughs> if we still have that, those high occupancies in the next two or three years once okay. more people start figuring out that Airbnb is more profitable than their tiny boutique property management firms. Oh wow! Okay. Now, do That's, you? Sorry, oh, go ahead. Oh, sorry. Now, do you use other sites or just Airbnb? We are exclusively on Airbnb. At this point. And why is that? Um, convenience, I guess. <laughs> right yeah. now. Um, when my husband and I got married, we went to, um, we kind of did a European tour for our honeymoon. And um, everywhere that we went, we stayed in Airbnbs all through Europe and had the most amazing experiences. And when we came back, my husband was like, you know, we should, we should list our, our space on Airbnb. And I was like, honey, I love you, but we live in a one-bedroom condo. <laughs> we don't have a space to list on Airbnb. <laughs> and he's like, no, like, we can list a bunk in our living room on Airbnb. Heck yeah. And I was like, you're insane. You're literally insane. No one is going to pay money to sleep in a bunk in our living room. And he's like, let's throw it up it'll be fun we can meet some new people it'll be great you'll see and i was very skeptical but we did we listed a a little bunk that was built into a living room wall on airbnb (laughs) and after three months we were completely paying our mortgage with it what um so totally believe it though um, saved up that money for, for a little bit and bought the bought a house that we're actually living in now down the street and started renting that one full time because it was much more lucrative. Good deal. I just want to chime in. um, You know, it was such a, such a great experience using Airbnb that we've just stuck with it so far. Awesome. (laughs) I just want to chime in real, real quickly, Shelby and, and be really sexist and say, see, dudes are always right. When we tell our wives, let's Airbnb (laughs) our house out. No. Well. See, Mike has done that. He convinced you, Mahogany, yeah, and y'all are making bank now, right? You know, making mad yeah, scrula. And Shelby's husband convinced in my hers. Defense, I was the one that convinced him to buy the house in the first place. Oh, okay. Yeah. Semantics. Um, <laughs> he said, she said. Maybe we're even there. I don't know. We'll I'm currently we'll 
trying to convince my wife to let me do that out of our house. So, you know, when I when I win that when I win that, moved here. I needed like a couple like a couple years alone first. (laughs) Yeah, in the big lonely house. It was a really great way to to dip our toes into hosting. Um, I really enjoyed it, but now that we've moved over, we don't normally rent out the space that we have in our own home now. Um, And I think if we did it more sporadically, it would have been fine. But like I said, we we had such demand in the area that we were getting to the point where we would have like one or two empty nights a month. And I'm like, this is my living room. I feel like I can't go into my living room anymore. So um, Mm. it was, it's probably not something we'll continue to do, but it was, I'm really glad that we started that way. So where exactly is this condo? We need to possibly invest out there. <laughs> um, yeah, let her get out there. We're in a, oh, in a, in a, a town called Mammoth Lakes. Mammoth, Mammoth Lakes. Lake. Where? California, right? Mammoth Lakes. Yep, Mammoth Lakes, California. So oh, I'm like kind of scared. Three to hours south of Lake Tahoe. Oh, really? Nice. Yeah. Okay, we have tiny we have, town. I think there's uh, eight eight thousand residents. Oh, we have we have. Uh, what condos in Lake Tahoe? We have timeshare rentals in Lake Tahoe, and then Nevada side. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so you're okay. That's not bad. Similar, similar area. Yeah. Wow. So, how do you? Are they all? All your Airbnbs? They're all pretty much local to you, right? Yes, um, they're all within um, a twelve-minute walk from my front door. Wow. So maybe a mile, yeah. So you manage a mile of, You self-manage all of them? Yeah, I do. Ooh. Um you do all the turnovers? No. Okay. Um thankfully, <laughs> we um we are starting just starting to outsource the turnovers. Um and not completely outsource. I I've got a couple of um, couple of great cleaners that I've been working with for a while. Um, in fact, my neighbor that lives um, next to me while we were in this little condo, so she lives upstairs and can just walk down the stairs to go and clean it for me when we have a turnover. Um, but I'm I'm around often enough that I can go check and make sure everything looks good and do the resupplies and you know um, check in with guests when they need some help, but. It's uh, definitely starting to automate and become a little more hands-off, which is great. All right, all right, Shelby. I'm a guest, right? Potential guest. (laughs) And I arrive at one of your condos, and I'm like, okay, Shelby, I'm here. Um, What's there to do? (laughs) What do you tell me? What advice do you give me? What's there to do in Mammoth? What's there to do in Mammoth? Yeah. Um, Well, tell me, guess what time of year are you showing up? Good point. Um, hmm. Let's say the spring. Well, if you are um, arriving anytime before July, you can still go ski. Um, our our ski hill here was open until August this last year, so um, I can happily give you directions to get to to take the uh, free local transit up to the main ski lodge and. Um, our, our roommate here works for a, is the manager of a ski rental company, so we can get you a discount for the rentals if you need them. Um, 
there's a yoga studio in town that I love if you need to stretch out after skiing. Plus, there's great cross-country skiing and snowshoeing. And if you drive maybe 15 minutes south, there's the snow will probably have been melted a little bit by there, and you could do some hiking or fly fishing in the spring. Wow. Sounds lovely. Nice. It is. We like it here. <laughs> I think our guests like it here, too. All right. Um, is there is there any cool micro brews or wineries nearby? We don't have any wineries, but we actually do have two breweries in town: um, Mammoth Brew Co. and Blacked Out Brewing Co. And I would highly recommend both of them. I think I tried that Mammoth beer while I was in Yosemite. I've been to Yosemite a couple times. It's beautiful. Yeah, it's. I highly recommend anyone who hasn't been to Yosemite. Make it happen. It's worth it. I want to be there forever. Except for the bears. I'm kind yeah. of scared of bears. Yeah. Bears are kind of just very large pests here. <laughs> um, they're very cute, but they really just make messes in the trash. <laughs> they don't want to hurt anybody. They just want into the dumpsters. Mm-hmm. So that's that's the biggest that's that's something that we do have to deal with in the summer here is educating our guests about not leaving food in their cars because bears are known to rip doors off of cars no and get groceries and that kind of stuff. Oh yeah. So that is so yeah. Are you Unheard serious? You. Like, have you ever walked in on a bear in your crib? Uh, not in the house. They they generally don't. We do have a couple of bears locally that have learned how to like turn the doorknobs and we'll get in. <laughs> that's so if funny. They don't oh, think no. anybody's oh. Home. oh my gosh, that's so funny. Seriously, I'm not visiting um, that. But mostly they just uh, they they walk around. We have to keep all of the dumpsters in town locked, but they they know where they all are and we'll go around and kind of do their rounds and check all the dumpsters occasionally. And tourists <laughs> will forget to lock the dumpster. Um, because they don't realize why we do that (laughs) and you just find trash strewn all over the the parking lot the next morning there are bears in vancouver i know in my front yard (laughs) you don't uh you don't tell your guests this that the bears snoop around the dumpsters and occasionally check for unlocked doors give them a heads up yeah (laughs) tell them yeah no we do tell them to make sure to get all the food out of their car we have had we have had a guest um Right when we very first started, that had their car broken into by a bear. That makes for a bad um, review. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What was a that bear review broke like? Into my car, um, but it wasn't my fault. I, I over and over again was like, you, you know, you got everything out of the car. It's all, you know, there, there are bears. And the next morning, I went out and there was glass everywhere. You know, they'd broken the window, and you can't even like prosecute at that and point. Flower and like everything all over the parking lot. Uh-huh. And it was like, I told you, I thought you told me you got all the groceries out. And she's like, well, I didn't think you were serious. <laughs> oh, yeah, I, I was serious. So what, what <laughs> so was... that's been our only experience with that. We haven't had any other issues. <laughs> Aside from the bears. So, so like, from the bears. what was her? That one time. <laughs> What was her review like? Did she say, like, they have a bear infestation, or <laughs> how did that go? No. Um, she was one of our very first guests and still left a great review. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> it, was, it was definitely quite an experience for, for her and for both of us. But, um, but no, she was great. All right. What's your, what's your percentage um, 
good guests or whatever to bad guests? What's yeah? What's your percentage? I'd say like ninety-seven to three. Oh, okay. So, so what? Tell us a tell us a story about a bad guest because I just had my first bad guest and I'm still kind of. Yeah, you know, it's a business. I got to tell myself it's a business. Yeah, and and, and I don't take it personal. It's a business. Breathe. And so anyways, yeah, just tell us about your bad guest experience. I want to put it on you now. (laughs) We've had had very few bad guest experiences, luckily. Um, And even the bad guest experiences that we've had have been pretty minor, I think. Um. Actually, this was probably only two or three weeks ago. We had a a guest that um, I was doing the turnover myself, going to clean, and he messaged me and asked for a later checkout. And because I was cleaning myself, I said, yeah, sure, we can accommodate that. No worries. Um, so he said he needed an extra hour, and so I arrived like an hour and a half later, and he was still there. And so I messaged, and he said, oh, I'm sorry, I, you know, I need another hour. Oh, no. Okay. (laughs) Um, Sure. And so I sat uh, around waiting for him to leave because we had another guest checking in that afternoon. Sat around waiting for him to leave for three hours (laughs) and had to knock on the door and ask him to to please leave because I had to get in there to clean for the next guest. And when he finally left three hours past the normal check-in or check-out time, um, I walked in and he had a child in there that had taken a entire box of Cheerios and spilled it in the living room floor and then proceeded to throw the Cheerios mm. all over the house. Oh, no. Um, so I spent, like, the first 45 minutes of my time there cleaning just picking Cheerios up off the ground. Jeez. <laughs> um, but really, that's, you know, nothing was destroyed um, I was pissed, but <laughs> everything was fine. Um, I mean, it kind of put me out that day, but that's really the the worst experience that we've had. We've had a couple of people like break some classes before, but they reimbursed me for them. And we really haven't had, you know, knock on wood, anything anything dramatic yet. So now, with that dude with the Cheerios incident, did you leave him a bad review or like a scathing review? I did. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yes. I mean, I I tried to be as polite as I could. But, no, forget um, that. Well, he's still bitter. <laughs> Excuse him, please. Yes, I did leave a review just saying that you know he wasn't exactly prompt and that did not leave the place in very good shape when he left. So. I have a question for you. The people that are bad guests or just that guy, for example, have you noticed they don't really leave reviews? I think they know that they've been bad. (laughs) (laughs) They know they're on the naughty list. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, I think they know. I mean, you'd have to be a really terrible person to, to leave a place three hours late with a box of Cheerios all over the floor and not be like... Oh man, someone's gonna have to come in and clean up after me. I've been terrible. Uh, yeah, and because yes, I, you're right. They don't. They don't tend to uh, leave reviews. Yeah, I. You know, in a case like that, I would assume he's probably not going to use Airbnb anymore. Yeah, and and that's what I was telling Steve because Steve was texting me. He's like, "Hey, he's kind of had a bad experience. Should I leave this guy a review?" And he's like, "Is he gonna leave me a bad one?" I'm like. 
from the bad guests that I've had, not too many of them leave reviews. Like, if, if they mess up stuff, they usually don't leave reviews. Most And so... I, I, I'm, I'm starting to think like the people that don't leave reviews like at my timeshares because I always give them five star reviews most of the time. I'm thinking they usually probably messed up the place. <laughs> Honestly, that's what I think. And you still gave them a five star review. I mean, no, no, no. But no, I'm saying they didn't give me a review, so I, I wouldn't know. I, you know? I, I, yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's so, what I'm saying. Yeah. It's, a, it's one of your timeshares, so you don't actually see it. Exactly. And you don't clean it. Exactly. So you could give be giving a real a hole a five star review. That's true. <laughs> That's true. My reviews aren't that yeah. reliable. <laughs> oh, that, man. that would be that would be nerve wracking as a host for sure. That's the beautiful yeah. thing about knowing the the girls. Even though I'm starting to kind of outsource some of the cleaning, but I know well both of the girls that are helping me clean. So. I know that they're going to shoot me over a text message that says, hey, there's you know, a box of Cheerios all over the floor here. This guy <laughs> didn't check out until three hours late. Um, so I'm still able to give reliable feedback. Accurate reviews, yeah. Can, yeah. Can, a, a question for both of you, because I'm new to the Airbnb game. But anyways, let's say I, I, someone requests to book with me, right? I go look at the reviews. And they got one on there that's pretty bad, uh, a bad or questionable review. Can I reach out and message that host and find out what that was about? Mm-hmm. You can. Oh, sweet! I'm gonna do that. I'm I gonna do that. I didn't know that. I time. haven't. I haven't tried that before, but that's a great option. <laughs> so Micah gets some messages about his timeshares. Oh yeah, they're great. Five stars. <laughs> <laughs> now it's funny oh, you talk stars. about that. Because the other day, um, I was on this little forum post, and this girl said this guy left her a three-star review, but everything he complained about was in her listing, which has happened to me. And it's funny, like my, I said my reviews aren't that reliable. I said Airbnb needs to make a feature, feature for unreliable reviews from guests. Like, let's say they write something like the guy said he didn't know there was a security deposit, right? But I put it in my mm-hmm. listing, but he gave me a four-star review because of it. I think there should be an option to give make, to vote that this review is unreliable. You kind of know what I mean? Mm. I second that. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Because that's, that's what I was writing on there. That's what I think, personally. I mean, because you, you didn't read the listing is pretty much what you're telling me. Yeah. So My biggest issue has been um, when, you, when you get that that three or four star review and the review itself is actually good uh, yeah. um, for the words that they write <laughs> when they say, you know, everything was fine. We had a great say. We'll three come stars. back two stars. Uh, <laughs> no, you won't come back. So Not to this place. They say, you know, <laughs> if they say in the review, I, you know, I didn't realize I had to pay a security deposit or I didn't know I had to walk upstairs. You can respond to that review on Airbnb and say, you know, I'm so sorry that you felt that way, but it says right here in my listing that that's the case. Whereas if they don't say that in the listing, but just are in their review, but leave, you know, three or four stars, it makes it really hard for you to respond and it still kind of mm-hmm. lowers your average. Yeah. I, I get sick of those. The ones, oh yeah, it's perfect place. And they leave you a three star review. What? <laughs> yeah. That, it, then Wait a minute. And then there's like no way to kind of critique what was bad so you can fix it. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's, I, don't I have know. gotten into the habit of, of when I get those kind of reviews, um, I will actually message 
them back after the review process is closed and just say, hey, you know, thank you so much for staying and for leaving your review. I saw you only left us four stars. We really want to provide great experiences for our guests, so please let me know, like, if there was something that we could have done to make it a five-star experience for you. And normally we'll get some kind of crap about, you know, oh, the bed squeaked or, you know, but it was... <laughs> oh, really? I, I don't know. <laughs> Whatever. Um, but at least I, you know, have some kind of feedback to go with. Oh, yeah. Gotta have feedback. I have a question. Um, do you have a... You or your husband... Do y'all have full-time jobs, or is Airbnb what you do? No. <laughs> Whoa. I do Airbnb full-time, and, awesome. and we, we have a couple of long-term rentals as well that are helping pay the bills, uh, and then my husband works part-time um, in the airline industry, which is great, so we get to fly for free. Awesome. What airline is that? Um, Horizon Alaska Airlines. Oh, okay. I work for American Airlines. Oh, he's nice. wearing the shirt. Yeah. He's not I lying. Love his yeah. shirt. <laughs> I'm still dressed in it right now. <laughs> oh yeah. Uh, so, what at point? At what point were you able to do your, um, you know, long term rentals and Airbnb full time, or did you have a full time job at one point? Yeah, um, I had a full time job, and once we kind of got the Airbnb up and running. I realized that I was making more from Airbnb than I was at my full-time job. So I was able to kind of retire from that. And now it's my my primary job to take care of the the listings and and the couple of long-term rentals that we have. Retire at what age? You sound young. (laughs) Um, Yes, we're 28. Oh, my God. Nice. Wow, that's awesome. (laughs) Let's give a big round of applause for that. I'm quitting. I'm quitting today, man. Yeah, I'm 28. I'm still grinding. I'm 25. I've still got some time, but I, I love my job. So I feel like if I had if I had to quit to manage, you know, our Airbnbs and all our short term rentals, I would. But I really like have a passion for what I do, and I feel like I wouldn't be who I am without my job, which sounds horrible. But like it's just. And like what do that. you do, Mahogany? Oh my gosh, I'm an investigator. I protect the children of Dallas County. Nice. Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, her but job if, I was, if I was like behind a desk, oh, yeah, I'd be out of there. I'd be grinding really hard, like harder than I am now. Yeah. Mahogany, have you ever had mm-hmm. to throw someone to the ground? No. <laughs> <laughs> That's the day I'll quit, really. really? I don't, I don't want to do all that. Oh, okay. <laughs> Just give them that look, and they know you mean business. Oh, yeah. People don't play about their kids. <laughs> Okay, I got a question. Oh, you go ahead, Micah. Sure. Oh, sure. Yeah, yeah, I'm positive. Okay. Yeah, um, so I, we were, I was looking over your site. So are you already into Airbnb property management, or is that something you're looking to get into? A little bit of both. Like you said, we're managing for two other two other units right now um, and have two more that will be onboarded in January. Okay. Um, so I think we'll... The, the goal for 2018, we'd like to have 12 total units. Wow, um, nice. I so, think that would, that's kind of a, a nice number for me that would um, put, our, put our revenue like where I want it to be that would enable us to, you know, live a comfortable life and be able to support some of the causes that we think are important without getting too in over our heads. Mm-hmm. So what... Um, 
So are you trying to phase yourself out of it? If you're going to have 20 units, but you still wanted to have all that time for your causes and you know travel and stuff, are you trying to phase yourselves out of the business totally? being involved i you know we we do travel a ton you know working with my husband working for the airline we're able to to leave often um and so it's really great to be able to you know when i'm you know when we're in the canary islands to be able to say hey you know um we have turnovers x y and z here and there can you make sure everything's great and um you know do some of the messaging and that's it um, but I, I don't think I would be ready to step away completely. That's why I think that kind of, you know, 10 to 12 units would be great because more than that, I think I would have to really outsource more than I'm willing to at this point. That's cool. Knowing your limits. Do you, um, rent out your personal house when y'all go travel? No. Um, Firstly, because we have we're, we're house hacking the house that we're in, so we bought a duplex, and so we have um, we live on one side, rent out the other, and actually have a second bedroom downstairs that we have a roommate in as well. Oh, sweet! Um, but um, the way that zoning works in my town, um, condos are actually the only zoning that are allowed to be rented nightly. Mm-hmm. Um, single and multifamilies are not allowed to do nightly rentals. So, oh. um, that's like the opposite so we here. Just yeah, don't bother. Yeah. Um, I know that that's abnormal here, but um, that's just because the way our town is, it revolves around tourism. The majority of um, the majority of the condos here are used as vacation rentals, and then the majority of the multi and single family homes, they try to keep those, um, they keep the try to moderate the prices, keeping the, the prices low so that people can actually live in them to keep those for the locals. So when looking for one uh, condo to buy over there, what, what do you look for? One, 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 two, two, and, and what price range? We prefer the one, one. Um, smaller and easier and for the type of guests that we get we have so many short stays like i said in the summer we have a lot of one night stays you know in the winter maybe two or three nights um so we we don't have a lot of demand for giant high-end places um we have um the, the units that we have right now are two one ones and then uh one in loft two baths so all on the smaller end. Um, we like having units that are in complexes that have some kind of amenities. So um, that mostly just that have a hot tub. So a lot of our guests like to go soak in the hot tub or the sauna after they go ski in the in the during the day. Oh yeah. And um, so that's something we definitely like to be able to offer. And it's great being in a condo complex that we don't have to. We can offer them a pool and a spa and a sauna without having to maintain that ourselves. Um, and, yep, the prices here, um, there's a lot of kind of local dynamics that has made things weird here. Um, our, the, the actual ski resort was just bought by um, Aspen out of Colorado, so there's kind of a change in ownership going on and a lot of 
outside investment coming into the area. So, mm. you know, when we purchased our condo, we paid um, just under $150,000 for a one-bedroom condo in mm-hmm. 2014. And now those same units are going for 275 285 Oh, my gosh. Um, so <laughs> the, the prices have definitely skyrocketed, which is, you know, we were hoping to build our Airbnb business by purchasing our own units, but as as the prices have skyrocketed, we have um, dipped our toes into the property management instead because we are not willing to uh, not willing to pay those prices right now. Oh yeah, that's <laughs> to so make yeah. it a lot harder to be profitable when when your mortgage is that much higher. Oh yeah. So when it comes to your property management, are you strictly like managing the property, or do you ever help people who are interested? set up for their Airbnb? Um, we've just been doing like the full service management. So okay. I, you know, have somebody, you know, contact me and say, Hey, I'm interested in, in you managing my property. And so I will start from scratch, go over, take photos, um, or have a professional photographer go out and then set up the listing under my Airbnb profile I handle all the communications, handle all the um, scheduling, all the cleaning and the maintenance and the, you know, guest communications and then issue and do all the bookkeeping and issue them a statement and a check at the end of the month. Mm-hmm. Okay. Good deal. So you said you do the management, which, which do you find more profitable, Airbnb property management or just subleasing? Great question. Um, I think we, I actually think that the managing for other people is more profitable. I don't have enough data to really back that up, mm-hmm. um, but, but that's kind of my gut feeling, and I think most of that is, is because when I'm managing for other people, a lot of the expenses get passed on to that owner. So I'm not paying the utility bills, and I'm not paying for the firewood for the wood-burning stoves, um, that kind of stuff. You know, being in a ski town, we it, it gets cold here, mm-hmm. and um, utility bills in the winter can get really, really high. And that's always been something we've had to moderate, and in our own unit that we that we own, and then when we're subleasing you know, trying to, to moderate, to keep utilities as low as we can. But when we're managing, um, obviously, though, we're still trying to keep keep utility costs low for the owners. Um, if we have a really high utility month, it's not cutting into my bottom line. Yeah. <laughs> what are your fees like to manage a company, uh, manage a Airbnb for someone? Can you say that again? What are your fees like to manage someone's property? We're charging right now 25% of the gross revenue, nice. which, like I said, compared to the, um, you know, 40, 45% that the, the boutique rental companies are charging, mm-hmm. um, a lot of people are excited about that, that kind of price frame. So yeah. since it's under your listing, how do you, you know, cut the checks or provide the owner with their, you know, their portion? Yeah, I'm just cut it, cutting a check and mailing it each month. Okay, cool. Yeah. So um, you said it gets really cold. 
do you utilize like um you personally with your properties or even convince your your guests to put um wi-fi thermostats where you can control it from your phone no we haven't at that point um we um our our unit that we own it actually doesn't have central heat um which is not uncommon here um and it's heated with a pellet stove so it's um it kind of looks like a fireplace but it burns these tiny little processed wood pellets and we actually have that pellet stove hooked to a thermostat so i will turn the thermostat down you know decently low when i'm done cleaning raise it up a little bit before people check in and then just ask them to to turn the thermostat down to you know 50 55 when they check out again to help you know save on our utility costs Oh, we have considered we have considered the the Wi-Fi thermostats, but um, not something we've we've implemented yet. Oh, cool! I just ordered some on Amazon, eighty three bucks. Got me a Wi-Fi thermostat. I can't wait to start using it. So, because I've gotten I've gotten to yeah, our, I'm oh. definitely interested to hear how you like those. Yeah, you should you should listen to our show. Ten years later, <laughs> Ten by the way, that later. thermostat I got. <laughs> <laughs> the um well I. Well, here in Texas, it gets really hot. So I've I've gone mm-hmm. to the house before, and um, you know we have AC. Do, you, do y'all have? Do y'all use uh, central air there? AC? Nothing. No, we don't have ACs. I I don't know of anywhere in town that has AC actually. Wow. But I grew up in Alabama, so I understand the importance. Oh, I, I, that was my next thing. I was going there. I was like, yeah, these Southerners aren't used to that. But you're from Alabama, so yeah, okay. No, I, I, I grew up in Alabama. I totally understand uh, how important air conditioning is. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, so that's the thing. So I've, I've gotten to the house times before, and they've had it like down to 65 degrees. With the fan instead of auto, they had it on fan, just blasting away. I'm like, God, dog it. And so um, that's what that's what convinced me to get it. You know, just to yeah, those bills. Yeah, that's always painful when you when you go in and it's freezing in there. In my case, when you go in and it's like 80 inside, you're sweating. (laughs) (laughs) Why? Why would you do that? (laughs) Personal question: So, do y'all have any children or plan to have children? And if so, how do you? you know, manage everything and have your child or how do you think you'd be able to manage it with the child? Um, we have just a fur baby. Um, <laughs> my, my little dog, Nike, Aww, Nike, is uh 12 pounds and travels with me everywhere, including to all of my Airbnb listings. So mm. <laughs> he's happy to tag along anywhere and we'll, curl up uh, wherever he can find a little spot of sunshine while I clean and uh, he's, he's very happy with that and uh, that's, that's the extent of our family in the near, in the near future nice. So do you allow pets at your Airbnbs? Um, we allow pets in one of our Airbnb units right now um, We because we're in a um, in a condo with an, a homeowners association, um, one of one of the associations that we're involved in doesn't allow pets for rental for renters. Only owners are allowed to have pets in the unit, so mm-hmm. that kind of limits us. But we're uh, very excited about having 
having a new pet friendly unit in a different HOA that so, um, has already been a big success. So, quick question: Like, uh, okay, that place doesn't allow pets for anybody that doesn't live there, so guests can't bring mm-hmm. them. But what if it's a service animal? Can they discriminate against them? No, they can't. And um, as long as, and, and we've had that happen a couple of times already. We've had guests bring service animals, and I just let them know, you know, hey, you know, if it were my choice, I would allow pets in there anyways. Yeah. I'm, um, I love, I love the critters, um, but I just let them know, you know, it's a, it's a rule from our homeowners association. So if, if the manager sees you with the animal out there, you need to make sure that you have your paperwork to show them. Um, so that I don't get in trouble. Mm-hmm. And we haven't had any issues with that so far. Oh, cool. Uh, do you, yeah. did, did you already ask that? How much do you charge for cleaning fees? Did you ask that? Not about cleaning Okay, fees. yeah. How much do you charge for your cleaning fees? Um, I like to pay my cleaners like 40 45 an hour. Um, Man, that's so good money. You yeah. hiring so right now? you have to pay um, here in Mammoth. We have to pay a transient occupancy tax on our total revenue, including our cleaning fees. Oh so um, our local government actually takes fourteen percent of everything and fourteen percent of our cleaning fee. It's California so for you. The cleaning fee, yeah, I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> uh, but again, you know, at least at least being you know, in this town, it actually is providing a lot of services. Like I said, we have a free shuttle system that goes all through town that our guests are able to use. And, and that's, you know, what, just one of the things that, 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 um, tax helps pay for. So at least I know in general, it's going to good use. Um, but that being said, though, the, the cleaning fees that are listed on, you know, that my guests are actually paying are slightly higher, you know, 14% higher, (laughs) than what I'm actually paying my cleaners because I have to pay the tax on it. But, um, so for our one bedroom, it's, um, like 50 bucks. And for the one in loft that has two bathrooms, it could be like 80. What systems have you put in place to avoid paying taxes? (laughs) Um, none. (laughs) Okay. Um, we, when we were first, uh, listing, our, the bunk in our living room, we thought that paying 14% of our um, living room proceeds to our town was absurd and didn't pay them for six months and uh, got busted and owed all the back taxes, oh my a bunch of fines gosh. and fees. And <laughs> so um, I vowed we were going to be above board at that point. <laughs> from then on and not have to worry about that anymore. So, so yes, we, we just uh, are, you know, do, do all the bookkeeping and pay all the taxes. So over there in, um, in California, Airbnb doesn't automatically charge the guests the um, hotel taxes or whatever? Occupancy? They don't yet. Oh, okay. Um, I'm hoping at some point they will. Um, I know that that's something they've been implementing in other towns. Um you know, big cities, but like I said, you know, even though Mammoth is a popular tourist destination, you know, it's where a lot of people from Los Angeles come up to vacation, but um, it's still a small town compared to, you know, San Francisco, LA, Austin, you know, wherever. So um, I think they're still, from what I hear, it's still in the works. 
Okay. Okay, I was going to ask something real quick. Um, Tell me something that you do that is unique, that you believe is unique with your Airbnb units. I don't know. Something, I don't know, something creative that you do that you don't, that you haven't seen before, or maybe you do, other people do it and you do it, but it's still, you think it's pretty cool, pretty creative. Or that people are like, oh, by the way, that was awesome. You know, I love the blank. I love the blank. I love the blank. (laughs) Um... We try to be um, creative with our decor, for one thing. Like, we've got fun, um, because we live at, you know, at a ski resort, we've got some actual, like, kind of paraphernalia from the ski resort in some of our units. We have, like, throw pillows that have ski lists on them, and mm-hmm. kind of cheesy stuff like that, um, at least that I think is cheesy, but that most of our guests love. And then I think the other thing is um, we always make sure to provide coffee, tea, and hot chocolate in all of our listings. Hot chocolate. That's Uh, a good touch. Yeah. It's, you know, it's cold and the kids are out playing in the snow and they want to come in and have some hot chocolate. And we want to make sure to, to be able to, that's just something little that is easy for us to provide that I think our guests really enjoy. And so we, we always have like a big thing of hot chocolate mix and some tea bags and then fresh coffee beans and a grinder in all of our Ooh, units. I love that so much. That's a, that's an awesome touch right there. The whole beans to grind them. Yeah. I, I'm a big coffee drinker and you know, it's always frustrating when you go to, you know, you go stay somewhere that has a coffee maker, but you have to go buy a whole bag of coffee just for the yeah. one or two days that you're there mm-hmm. um so i i love to be able to give people that option to have that there I'll leave, I'll i leave have my... a suggestion oh go ahead go ahead um only something i would think to do if i had snow around is like maybe getting um like a build your own snowman kit to like leave in the condos like they have like little stuff with little scarves and the carrot for the nose and it's like a reusable kit that might be fun if there's kids around <laughs> That's good. I haven't even thought of that. That would be adorable. Because <laughs> I loved uh, building snowmans when I lived in Oregon. That and would I just be really, that. really cute. Yeah. Um, Amazon. <laughs> I haven't. I haven't thought of that. We've talked about getting little like plastic sleds to put in the units. Ooh, that'd that be good. Yet. That's something we've considered. And then our pet friendly ones. Um, we've got some like dog toys that Aww. we're getting out there. So um, only a pet owner would think know, about that. Fun, trying to keep it fun. Yeah. So, do you have a spot when the when they come in from playing in the snow? You know, they're gonna get the whole house wet or whatever, unless they have a place to put their their boots or whatever you call them, their willies, as they, as they say in England. <laughs> don't don't ask me how I know yep. that. Willies. But anyways, um, <laughs> and so you have like a, a nice spot that you, they can put all that. And do you have like do you just have hardwoods or tile where it won't you know mess up? Of course, obviously carpet. Yeah, um, all of our units have tile entryways and ski lockers. Oh. So, before you even come into the house, there's a door, an exterior closet that you can put wet skis and snowboards and sleds and whatever into. And then you'll walk in and have um, tile entryway to hang your wool coats and take off your boots. And then the rest of the rest of the units are all carpet and. And that's um, even though they're a pain in the butt to clean, especially during the winter, um, it, it just helps keep the house so much warmer. 
having tile floors when it's 20 degrees outside um, is chilly on your toes. <laughs> oh, yeah, I could imagine. So yeah. um, with you being in California, and I know you said you guys are only listed on Airbnb, uh, are you guys a 420 friendly uh, unit? Um, we don't allow smoking in any of our units. Um, as as the laws around that change, um, we might consider changing our stance, but at at this point, no. <laughs> Um, we're, we're not. I mean, but they can eat, they can do edibles and stuff, right? No big deal. Yeah, I mean, teach their own, right? I, I can't, uh, I can't. Spit that out right now. (laughs) You know, if I can smell it, then it's a problem. But, uh, yeah, you're, you're absolutely right. And, and that, you know, it has been legalized recreationally here. So as, as those laws into effect that may be something that we have to look into how how we're structuring our house rules but you know because um, at this point we haven't had any issues okay because with you being in california and my listings are well i have listings out there a few a lot of listings out there but most of the time people try to come to texas we get a few people asking us hey are we are you guys 420 friendly and i'm like uh no, but it's just weird that they would ask that. And As he also, winks really big at him. No, <laughs> but no, it's weird that they would ask that in a place where it's illegal. I thought you would probably get more people asking because it's legal there. You know what I mean? That's what I thought. Yeah, I know. you know, and I have a feeling that there are probably a lot of people that are smoking weed in our units, and we just don't know about it. Um, that that would be my. Like, I haven't actually had anybody ask me that question. But that definitely does not mean that people are not smoking in our units. Um, you know, there there have been a couple of times where we've walked in and been like, "Oh man, we got to open the door and the windows. It it reeks in here." Um, but but very rarely. And you know, I guess I'd rather them be doing that. And we we have had a couple of Europeans that have come in and actually smoked cigarettes uh, in the unit. Uh, that I'm definitely not okay with. Um, you now, know, do you where, leave them bad reviews for that? Like cigarettes, and that's terrible. Um, do you leave them bad reviews sorry. for that? Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. That's always, you know, it's only happened once or twice, um, but it's it's never fun to have to go in and air everything out and freeze everything. You hear that? <laughs> Wipe Europeans? all the walls down. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. It always tends to be the Europeans. You know, there's a lot more cigarette smokers, and they, you know, we've we have a lot of foreign travelers through here. Like I said, in the summer, being in Yosemite National Park, there's a there's a route that people take. They they fly into L.A., they go to Las Vegas, drive through Death Valley, stay the night in Mammoth Lakes at our place, and then go to Yosemite the next day, and then through to San Francisco. Um, it's actually a pretty cool little route. It is but, cool. So we have a lot of um, a lot of European and Asian tourists that come through all summer. And you don't have um, big on, on that route. Big no smoking signs in there, so they'll know. Um, no, we don't have any signs, but um, it is in our house rules that they have to acknowledge when they stay. Um, you know, I feel like the fact that we don't have any ashtrays anywhere. 
<laughs> would <laughs> would uh, help people realize that. But like I said, you know, we've we've had probably twice that that's happened ever. So out of the you know probably four hundred plus stays that we've had, I feel like we're doing pretty good. Now, now reach deep down into your brain, Shelby, if you could for me. Just reach <laughs> deep down in there, you know, past all the the BS. And <laughs> I'm not saying that you're BSing us. Anyways, <laughs> give us give us your best Shelby tip on what uh, something something really smart or something innovative, something cool to do at your at your Airbnb to either make it stand out or make or just make things a little easier for you or the guests or just something a Shelby tip you know just your own thing you know I think you know we kind of already talked about this but for me as a guest it's really important I hate to go out to eat I know that that's not normal but I really if I stay in an Airbnb I don't want to have to go to a restaurant. I want to be able to cook in the kitchen of my Airbnb. And so having having the tools to do that is really, really important to me in our own listings and, and when I am traveling myself. So not only, you know, the coffee, tea, hot chocolate, but to make sure that there is olive oil and salt and pepper and mm-hmm. some, like, Italian seasoning in all of our units. But, you know, the stuff that you don't want to go out and buy – salt and pepper and olive oil to cook your eggs in the morning and and then not not be able to take it with you um so i i really really appreciate listings that offer just those little things that make it easier to to cook and really feel at home wherever you're staying salt pepper and olive oil for your eggs you are truly from alabama don't forget the italian (laughs) season right I know. Awesome. Do you eat grits? If, if I were truly from Alabama, it would just be, you know, a pile of, a, a big tub of lard that I'd keep in the fridge. <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny. On that line, I was going to ask if you eat grits, you know, or do you make grits? <laughs> um, I don't. I don't. My parents are both Yankees, um, so I didn't grow up eating grits. I, I grew up in Alabama, but um, I did not grow up eating grits. Now, biscuits and gravy, on the other hand, yeah. oh, man. <laughs> All day. All day. And aside from the Cheerios moment, have you ever had any, I mean, okay, we, we, we get guests on here and we talk, you know, all the great stuff about Airbnb and it's, you know, it's a, and y'all got financial um, independence already and that's pretty cool. And that's our that's our goal, you know. Uh, you know, I'm still working a full time job, working a bunch of OT, and I'm still I'm thriving to get more properties to Airbnb out or long term or however, just to get there to get that magic number. And along the way, I've had a few meltdown moments, and I've shared it with these guys. And um, I was just wondering, have you had a, a meltdown moment of your own? Where you're like, forget this. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, yeah. Um, I I think it's hard to be in any kind of real estate game without having at least a couple of meltdown moments, right? Yeah. I feel like melting down today. (laughs) Honestly. Oh, yeah. We have a refrigerator at our our condo that right now we're doing corporate rentals out of. And this refrigerator, as soon as these new tenants come in, the bottom portion is not cooling. And so we've been dealing with this for like two weeks trying to get the people over there. They had to get over there, order a part, and I find out today 
they finally got the part after I had to like you know get on top of them like hey where's this part you know well we don't know yet well don't you have a tracking number how much did you pay for this part and so they told us and then it arrives and then I couldn't get another appointment for like until next week and our brand new tenants are over there like without a refrigerator and although they can't are they yeah they can leave a bad review but they still have a couple months to stay so I'm sure we can make it up but it just sucks and I'm like yeah forget this forget it <laughs> So what was your meltdown Checking moment, out. Shelby? That's, yeah, that's got to be so frustrating. It is. <laughs> um, you know, I, I've had a couple. <laughs> um, the, the most recent one, I think, um, last winter. The last winter, we had a really big snowfall winter. Um, we had 700 inches of snow oh, last my winter. Oh, God absurd yeah um (laughs) so um we had a lot of issues with the snowplow company here and this isn't even an airbnb meltdown this is just a landlord in general meltdown (laughs) yeah Um, we we had some issues with our snowplow who was you know not not showing up when we had literally four feet of snow in our driveway and our tenants, you know, because we live in a duplex, our tenants, you know, are not able to get out of their driveway to get to work. And so I'm calling and calling the the plow guy trying to figure out what's going on. And he's not returning my calls. And, um, he, you know, shows up like every three days, (laughs) when when it's dumping snow like this and you know my tenants are calling me saying we're gonna have to move if you can't get the snow plow here um because we can't get to work and Dang. Uh, so i'm i'm fighting with the plow guy he he told me you know oh well um this this one guy was supposed to be doing it but he thought my other guy was doing it so just no one showed up um and didn't apologize for that just was like yeah no one showed up um but then <laughs> someone finally showed up and um took the snow plow and rammed it into the side of our house oh man. and ripped a four-foot hole in our house what? <laughs> Last January. Wow. this is too much <laughs> um, and then didn't show up for three more days after that Mm-hmm. Um, while it's continuing to snow and I'm continuing to call this guy over and over again and be like, look, there's a hole in my house. Um, and thankfully it was like, you know, it was basically like into a garage area. It wasn't like leaking into my living room or anything, but, um, it was a big problem and he wasn't returning my calls and he finally returned my call and called me an asshole. Uh, Wait, he called you one? Yeah. So, oh, um, oh no. We, we actually had to like start these like small claims court proceedings to try oh, and get him to pay to fix wow. the hole in our house and just the entire like that entire month was so frustrating. I feel like I didn't have just one meltdown. It was like 10 mini meltdowns of me just like wanting to throw my phone across <laughs> <laughs> across the room and like oh my gosh we we have to move i can't live in the snow anymore i love the snow but i can't deal with it dreaming um, of the beach it's very very frustrating Jeez. situation so needless to say we have a different um plow driver this winter oh thank goodness yes 
thankfully. He, he might have been <laughs> plowed while he was, you know, trying to plow. I wouldn't be upset about it. <laughs> what? Well, okay, okay. You mentioned okay. Y'all bought your condo, one hundred fifty thousand, right? A couple years yeah. later, it's already though they're already selling for two seventy five, two hundred upwards to two hundred seventy five thousand. What mm-hmm. is your okay? Let's say in poker, you're playing poker. You, you got to know when to take your chips off the table, right? You just can't just leave your chips, let it ride, let it ride. I mean, is there is there a buying out point you would take? Someone came up to you, hey, we'll give you two hundred seventy five thousand right now for this one bedroom, one bath condo. Would you take it? We have. My husband and I have literally probably had that exact same conversation maybe 15 times in the last (laughs) three weeks. (laughs) Especially during meltdown Uh, time, right? Yeah. It's it's really hard to say. Um, You know, there's lots of downsides of being in California, but a couple of the upsides of being in California is that I know even though we go through a lot of highs and lows in the real estate market, that in general, property is going to continue to appreciate here. Um, So though it's raised a lot, it will probably dip in the future, but it will probably raise back up to even higher than that at some point, you know, and it could be in four years or it could be in 20 years. Um, But we don't really know how how long we want to hold that, you know, and um, we've we've had similar um, luck with those, so the primary residence we're living in, our duplex, um, has also almost not, not quite doubled in value since we bought it. Um, and so we've been having the exact same conversation about this one as well. Well, we could just cash it all out and go buy a, you know, 100-unit apartment complex in Podunk, Alabama. Um, <laughs> and be very hands-off and just hire a manager um, to take care of all of that and just just live off of the cash flow from that. And and we're trying to kind of figure out where where that line is, and I I don't have an answer for you yet. Oh, I, I don't know. It is a tough one. It is a tough one. Yeah, um, it is, and you know, part of it is we're we don't want to leave our town, so we need to keep a place for us to live somewhere. Um, <laughs> so so we don't want to get rid of everything, um, but. To trying to figure out, you know, when when is it worth it to pull the trigger and maybe um, move into something more passive, or or while we're young and you know enjoying being where we are and traveling and you know having just our dog, that maybe this is the time to continue to manage and collect all of that cash flow and you know for a little bit longer. Yeah, I guess there's no one right answer. Huh? It just depends on where you are in life and what's going on, you know, so. Yeah. How do you like yeah, house exactly. hacking? So we'll see. Um, mm-hmm. With your, with your um, duplex, how are you liking that? Me and Micah thought about doing that several times. Um, I love it. It's been great. Um, and I think we, we really did a great job in, in like buying, right? Like we picked a, we picked a unit that we really love living in that works really well for our needs and then we ended up with great tenants next door that always pay their rent on time and are really happy to be there in fact we 
we just renewed their lease and they asked if they could sign a four-year lease. What? Like, They're not no. <laughs> no. No. Sorry. Why no? <laughs> so it's California, you know, the squatters. Staying long term, and yeah, they're <laughs> excited to be there. And then, like I said, we you know we live in a two-bedroom unit, have a have a roommate downstairs who's been the best thing. Um, we have a dog. He has a dog. He's able to you know be around and help us take the dog out, and he makes me pancakes all the time. Really Pretty great. <laughs> How'd you guys yeah. find him? Did you know him already, or? Yeah, he was um, just kind of an acquaintance that we had around town, and you know, we, you know, part of the whole um, issue of of our town discovering Airbnb and how profitable it can be is that there have been there's been an actual housing shortage for local workers. Um, there's so many people that may have in the past rent rented their units long term, and then landlords are putting their units up on Airbnb and so um, a lot of people are having problems finding places to live and we heard he was looking and we're like well you know we, we could try having a roommate I guess I don't, I don't know you know we've got a room downstairs that's sitting empty right now and it was definitely a great decision we actually asked him to sign a lifetime lease and he wasn't really into that <laughs> <laughs> a lifetime lease he makes pancakes yeah. for her. that sounds like marriage <laughs> I know, right? It's uh, it's been it's been great too. Um, it's been great to to have you know our our own little community here. So uh, the the whole building is is really great. Good okay. stuff. And real quick, I, I, I like getting what are they called actionables, as they say on other podcasts. BP. I'm sure you're a big um, bigger pockets fan, aren't you? Oh yeah, oh yeah. That's what I that's what I listen to while I do all my turnovers. Oh, now you'll start listening to Live Left Thrive. <laughs> Absolutely. She, she might listen to her episode over and over, you know. <laughs> Damn, I'm good. Um. So so, all right. So when you you bought your place, you bought uh, you had the intent of you know short term rentaling rent rentaling it. Is that a word? Renting it and um, Airbnb it, whatever. What um what? How did you do it on the? affordable side or on the cheap as we like to say how did you what what are some good tips you get to people to go find really nice stuff on a budget um you know oh we spent a lot of time in thrift stores we spent a lot of time on um our town is too small to have craigslist but we have like a facebook group called mammoth by sell trade we spent a lot of time perusing that, and, uh, you know, anytime we see, you know, oh, look at this great a whole, you know, whole kitchen set. That those pots and pans are so much nicer than the ones we have, and they're only asking 20 bucks for it. Send huh. them a message. <laughs> um, we, were, we were really able to do a lot of um, the, our, our furnishing slowly that way, um, just by being able to kind of be be patient and adding to our units slowly um like i think you know almost everything that we have in that unit is is somehow secondhand and and it looks amazing um we did a really great job of kind of cobbling stuff together to to still be really um to look well put together and to be high quality and that enabled us to get better quality items 
um, for our units without paying the higher price tag. That's awesome. So there you go, Micah. Yeah. That's how you do it. <laughs> do the same thing. Obsessively scroll through Craigslist. <laughs> He's all about the Facebook marketplace. So am I. I he got me on that. It's awesome. I'm yeah, still a you know, and fan. being in a you <laughs> know, personally. being in a town of eight thousand, our Facebook marketplace gets really entertaining. Um, so it's kind of a win win here of you know, we can find some good stuff and also it's kind of your entertainment for the day. Oh nice. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you, you really never know what's gonna pop up on there. <laughs> um, one of what my is... favorites recently, someone, we had someone selling a peacock recently, and <laughs> um, a month ago, someone posted looking for a ride to the vet for their bunny rabbit, and <laughs> um, because the bunny was sick, and they posted a, a picture of their bunny with a carrot, Aww. and it wasn't eating the carrot, and it looked sad, and then like an hour later, we got an update that the bunny was okay, and <laughs> that they were able to get to the vet, <laughs> you know, so... The small town drama is real, and it's great. The struggle <laughs> is real. Were you yeah. going to ask, Micah? It's... Oh, nothing? Well, you've been a fascinating guest, Shelby. We really loved having oh, yeah. you on the show. Yeah. And thank you so much for taking time out of your out of your schedule to do this uh, for us, with us. You know, putting it out Absolutely. there. Absolutely. It's been, it's been so great uh, chatting with all three of you. Yeah, oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, that was a good interview. I only come when we're talking to women. <laughs> wow! <laughs> Perfect. I love it. Is that true? Really? Yeah. I'm all about the the ladypreneurs. Ladypreneurs. <laughs> ladypreneurs. <laughs> if you actually think about it, I think she's only we been on podcasts. We should make a clothing line. Ladypreneurs. I, I I think mm-hmm. she's only been on when we talked to women too. I told y'all. That's sexist. I'm sorry. Coming from Actually. a guy. <laughs> Uh, women are allowed to be sexist wow. women can be we have like decades and decades to make up for <laughs> yes. that is for so sure. true lady paneurs well thank you so much Shelby <laughs> go ahead and tell the our viewer, li- listeners they're not viewers um, well on the YouTube you know that stagnant screen we got there um, tell them where to find you how to reach you how to get over there and, and stay at your places and how if they want uh, you to manage their places for for them yeah, the best way to get a hold of me would be through my website, and that's shelbycraft.com. Um, Shelby with a Y, P-R-A-C-H-T, shelbycraft.com. And I'm happy, you know, always happy to talk about Airbnb. Awesome. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you so much, and um, keep warm over there. And... Um... Uh, stay away from the fires and watch out for bears. <laughs> Will do. Stay away from the fires and the bears. <laughs> stay, stay cool. Stay cool. Awesome. All right. Thanks for coming. Th- thanks Thank for coming you guys. on. Have a great night. You, you too. Exit or not? Yeah. Oh, I, we have the old one. Okay. My bad. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Awkward. Awkward dismounts. <laughs> but, yeah, we're trying. Yeah. All right, Shelby. Take care. Bye. Bye. Thank you. You too. Bye, y'all. Adios. And adios to all you fans out there. And um, well, there she goes. This and is live, epi- this is live, let thrive episode thirty three. Yeah, Hit I'm us. Steve. You're Micah. Mahogany in the house. Uh, the, uh, you know the number one requested um, guest on our show is Mahogany. Oh, yeah. guest host. You know. Thanks, y'all. <laughs>
Remember to hit us up at liveletthrive.com. Also, you can call us, 469-300-9100. Download us on iTunes, rate us, uh, subscribe to us on YouTube. Anything else, Steve? Momo? Nope. <laughs> that's, that's it. <laughs> Bye-bye. Great show. Adios. Peace. All right. I guess we're going to try a new segment. It's called, what are we going to call it, a Q&A or LLT Q&A or something like that? Yeah, guest questions, I guess. Yeah, LLT Q&A. LLT Q&A. has a good ring to it, you know? Yeah, there you go. We're just hitting record right now, and we got the uh, Mike has got the questions in his hands. And he's going to fire him at us. I'm going to admit right now, I'm not the expert here. But I'll give my opinion. I'm not going to give... It might not be the correct answer. It might not be close to the correct answer. But I'll give my opinion. Yeah, I mean, if we don't know, we'll be honest and say we don't know. Um, No, no, we'll make something up. Dang, man. (laughs) Snake oil salesman. Snake oil. Hell yeah. Three for one. What's up? Yeah, so our first question came from Chris Ovell. He was from Houston. He was actually supposed to stay in one of my Airbnbs, but he ended up not being able to make it. So his question was, how do you how do you tax your profit from Airbnb at the end of the year, and do they send you a W-2, or do you have to keep track of the every incoming profit yourself? That is a really good question because – me and Steve both are new to Airbnb this <laughs> yeah, year. So. I started in October. I don't know. I don't know yet. I don't know yet. Um, okay. First of all, we have to say disclaimer. Please consult a CPA yeah. on all tax matters. Straight up. Um, but I will tell you. Uh, okay, I haven't. I need to go to my mailbox when I get home because I haven't received anything from Airbnb. I did when I went to get the pre-approval for my duplex. For my duplex, I did show them my Airbnb income, which I just printed off, and they actually approved me off that off oh, the nice. Airbnb income. So um, I, I don't know. Um, I, I've heard on Bigger Pockets forums because it is a big question right now. If you're on Bigger Pockets, Chris, um, people saying that they send you like a 1099 something. And it's like a 1099K, I believe. But that's based on how many trips you host and how much money you make. And I don't know those numbers. So I think it would be better consult the CPA on that and get like on bigger pockets. It's a bunch of people talking about Airbnb and taxes right now. It's like the hot topic because everybody's made a bunch of money and sitting there scared they're going to owe the IRS. So. <laughs> <laughs> that's, what, that's one of the goals for the show. We should get... Uh, a CPA that's actually handled Airbnb. Airbnb. Try to get him on the show, and we'll, we'll fire away all these questions at him. Let's do it. I actually have one. I have one who handles Airbnb. Strictly. Boom. Let's get him on. That would be a popular show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I know. Especially right now. Right now would be very popular. Shoot, yeah. Um, so on to our next question was from... Uh, Thanks for the question, Chris. Yeah, yeah. Thanks for the question, Chris. Uh, the next one here we have from our boy JC down in North Carolina who is... Originally from Philly, he's a he's a good guy, even though he's a Philadelphia Eagles fan. So, uh, <laughs> we'll hold that it. against him. Yeah, yeah, we won't hold it against so him. So, can I say one thing? Go ahead, Jerome in the house. <laughs> Jerome in the house. Yeah, we'll say that every time JC gets mentioned on the show. Jerome in the house. You know, Martin. We got, we got Martin. Martin fans in here. <laughs> oh, Romy <yeah>. Rome. <laughs> <laughs> I, my cousin actually dressed up as him for one year's Halloween. It was pretty funny. <laughs> All right. So, so uh, 
he had kind of have a long question, which is pretty good. So he said, this is what JC wrote. He said, I took y'all's advice and listed my place two weeks ago on VRBO. I got a hit this afternoon from a traveling nurse who wants to stay for 88 days from the late January through to April to April. The total is 5,700. Anyway, I have a guy who's already booked on Airbnb for four nights in February. And he's a, of course he said he's a second time client. Can I cancel him? Or how should I cancel him without losing my newly minted superhost status? She hasn't accepted my pre-approval yet, but I'm hopeful. Sorry to interrupt. I'm never interrupted, man. Thanks for being a fan. Um, so I guess your question is, can you kick out your short-term guy to get the long-term <laughs> for the more money? Uh, I will tell you this. If you're mainly advertising on Airbnb, which I know you've gone to VRBO, um, this is what you want to do. Don't Don't – kick out your short term you know that, that's going to look bad for business and you're going to lose your super host status uh, well okay here's and a it way ain't right it ain't right here's a way <laughs> to not lose your super host status if you want to do that you can <laughs> this is a, uh, you finesse the system here yeah yeah here's a, this is a this is a system finesse you can call airbnb send them paperwork that your house is not you can't host anyone during that time period and they'll let you cancel risk-free well penalty-free all you do is like say a pipe burst or something and remember you did not hear this from live because <laughs> we've never done anything like this okay. <clears throat> so you can do it that way but I, my suggestion would be don't cancel them um if you have instant book on and you're, you're looking for that long-term client turn off instant book um and open your calendar up for only one month and then what you do is during that month that your calendar's open up you advertise your place for the next month and on as a corporate rental. You can list on Furnish Finder, Corporate Housing by Owner, uh, Airbnb. Just put a price in there. Say, hi, I charge X amount a month, 2000 a month, however much it is you charge. But, yeah, if that's what you're trying to do, man, just uh, – and if you have a private room, they go for like 800 to to 1000 a month, so – that's if that's how you want to handle it the most ethical way possible. Yeah, always always try to to do the right thing, yeah, you know. Yeah. And um <clears throat> that is a cool hack though. I never thought <laughs> I guess you could you, I could see you can reason reason, you know, make a good reason for doing something like that if if this guy starts peppering you with these questions afterwards, you start having second thoughts about this guy and then you go in there, you didn't read all the reviews right away, you go in there and see some crazy reviews like he's leaving his draws in the living room and stuff like that. <laughs> this seems like to happen at your at your place a lot. A lot of draws being two, left two behind. Two pairs, th- three pairs of draws actually, man. Uh, one pair of draws got mixed up in my laundry, man. My wife was like, "Who's in these?" It's like, "I think that's the new guys." So I don't know. Oh yeah, um, but um, I guess I should have been asking that question. Yeah. But, <laughs> <laughs> so like, like um, I always try. Yeah, I always try to do the right thing because it, it's just it's just karma for me. I yeah. believe in karma. Me too. You know, you do you do business right, you do it the right way, and you're gonna it's gonna take you farther. You might miss out on these little you know these paydays here and there, but in the mm-hmm. long run, it's gonna be better for your business and better for your reputation. And and so what I I, I come across kind of the similar dilemma today. Mm-hmm. Not actually, it's not full, full full fledged dilemma yet. But I had someone ask me about renting my place for two months, uh-huh. like um, February and March, and they said the current place they stay at charges four grand. What could what kind of deal could I do for them? And you know, and I sent them a price. <laughs> <laughs> I sent them a price, and I was the only thing is in February. There's a guy that that booked one day in February. 
and and if we and if we did like if this guy agrees with me you know i mean we we work something out you know a monthly price or whatever and and i said and and i'm gonna tell him there's a guy that has a one day there i'm gonna talk to that guy see if i can work something out. i'll even put him up in a nice place i was thinking of you know how many people you have coming it's just him and his him and his oh, girlfriend. Man, can't stay at my crib. I, I'm I'm full till yeah. March. Yeah. And so, but the thing is, they're they're flying through DFW, so they just needed a place crash like pad. a crash pad. Mm-hmm. And they saw my place was affordable, you know, pretty affordable. But I'll be I would like scour the web, find them a really nice spot, say, hey, check this out. I'll you know I'll refund the money here and I'll help you get that one better than mine. <laughs> There goes a hack, man. That's a good <laughs> and hack. And that's just, you that's know, get hack. they're happy. I'm happy. I don't have to cancel. They have to, I just tell them, just, you know, just cancel it, whatever. It's not going to yeah. hurt you. It'll hurt me if I cancel you. But yeah. we'll, we'll, make, we'll find you a nice spot, you know, somewhere even closer to the airport. You know, just just work yeah. it out with that person. I, that's what I would suggest, Jerome. Yeah. If that nurse and you work out a, an agreement, you get a nice price, call that dude up. Hey, let's work, let's work a deal out. You know, I'm not going to be able to do it that week anyways, but I'll help you get into another spot, maybe better than mine. And then, and then and just, yeah. you know, talk to him, be honest with him. And that's what I'm thinking. If this guy does um, offer me a good price for two months, shoot, that's good money. So that one guy, you know, but I still want to do right by that guy. And yeah. so I think I'll talk to him, you know, and see what we can work out and, and go from there. Yeah, man, that's the very ethical way to do it. Steve's the ethical guy. I'm a bit of unethical. <laughs> I'm ethical, uh, ethical, ethical, ethical. I can't even say the word. I'm ethical, <laughs> ethical on air, man. No, ethical on air. <laughs> <laughs> no so, I try to do the right thing. Our uh, very last question came from my boy Josh Adegboye. I think that's how you say it. My Nigerian brother straight out of Dallas yeah. right here. Um, his question is, I think we've had this. I don't know if we've answered this, but he said, "What are the top ten? ten what are the top ten things you should have in an Airbnb?" Um, I'm going to kind of. I will direct you to the James Carlson list from Bigger Pockets. It always gets featured, um, but I, I'll, I'll kind of steal from his list. His was always have a phone number, um, clean sheets, clean towels, clean linens. Um, have a phone number so they can reach you. And it was he had a bunch of other good ones. Um, of course, a bed. That's high on the list. Uh, dang. Wi-Fi. That's the number one gotta thing. Have you're gonna, yeah, that's the number one thing you're going to get hit up about is Wi-Fi. If you don't got no Wi-Fi, they'll get, they're gonna, that's a quick way to get a four-star yeah. review is no Wi-Fi. I'd put um, Netflix on there. you got to have Netflix. At Netflix. Least. Or, or something similar. My time don't have it, though. Really? Yeah. Huh. Okay. Well, for me, that's just on my list. You know what, though? Well, my timeshare makes up with amenities. Oh, okay. Yeah, so it kind of pushes them outdoors. Yeah, you know what yeah, I mean? yeah, yeah. But they get cable in the timeshares. Yeah, right? yeah, they get cable. But I don't oh. think they do much. Like, every time I get a review, it's about the amenities. So. Oh. Yeah. Um. Yeah, cable's a good one. I personally have NBA League Pass, <laughs> NFL, all that stuff. When, when you sent this question to me, I was at work, right? Uh-huh. And um, and the first, my first response, I just, I don't know why it came into my head. Because what do you <laughs> supply or top ten things to whatever? And I said, number one has to be a big old bowl of rubbers. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> hey, you, you don't want the babies being made, or you're trying to. Uh, I want see, my guests to be safe. Yeah, to be safe. You see, he's an ethical guy. So. <laughs> 
There you go. He's an ethical guy, you know. So, uh, but um, I will direct you for the rest of it, man. Check out James Carlson's uh, blog on Bigger Pockets. He has a top ten list of things to have in an Airbnb. Carlson was one of our guests, and he's the Airbnb guy up in Denver. He has some pretty good stuff, so definitely check him out. Um, but yeah, beds, uh, clean beds, clean sheets, clean towels. Always go white on the towels. I learned that. Yeah. Uh, Charles Hawkins told us that. So, yeah, those are definitely the top ten things. I, I, I think that's ten. I like to leave, you know, a co- some coffee and some tea. Yeah, that's what he had on there, coffee. And, and some cold waters in the fridge. When they yeah, get there, they I do can that too. rip open the cold water, you know, relax, put your stuff away. At least you'll have something. Yeah. And I leave a bottle of wine. I think, for me, for me, it's kind of a must. And most everybody's drank yeah. it, but not there's a few that haven't, which is cool. I don't have to buy another bottle, you know. Man, speaking of but, wine, man... Uh, <laughs> Me and Mahogany Racks considered taking a wine out. Man, our last guest, man, that dude was up there just having a one-man party in the room. <laughs> we came in. We were cleaning. This dude drunk all the wine, had like a 15, two 12-packs of beers. And like oh, on the review, gosh. I left him. I'm like, hey, man, if you like to party and drink beer, you should have came down and told us and kicked it with us, man. You know? So, yeah, he was up there. Mahogany was like, well, she, she, she texted me while she was cleaning it because it was on a weekend. He was checking out. She's like... He was up here getting effed up. I was like, dang. <laughs> so, yeah, man. Uh, One man party. Yeah. Well, that was a cool. That was our first um, Q&A, yeah, LLT yeah. Q&A section. You know, hope yeah. we um, answered the questions as best we could. Yeah. And we sent you to the right place to find the, the answers right answers. To your and, questions. And um, your face just lit up. What, what, do you, what did you Oh, find? no, no. I'm a, I was a really going to tell them to uh, send some more questions, man. This is, pretty, this is actually pretty cool. LLT Q&A. You know? LLT Q&A. Yeah. Yeah, the phone number? To... Uh, phone number is 469-300-9100. Subscribe. Rate us on iTunes. We need some more ratings, man. Rate us. Uh, send us an email at livelettrive at gmail.com if you got questions. Like our page on Facebook. Subscribe to us on YouTube if you're one of those YouTubers. And also like our Facebook fan page, Live Let Thrive fan page. We actually post stuff in there. You can talk to us directly all the time. We're always on the book. On the book. Yeah. <laughs> well, all righty. Hope Peace. you enjoyed it. Later. Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of Live Let Thrive. Be sure to tune in next week for all the latest in the world of Airbnb and all that entails. Bye-bye.